Kia ora and welcome to Tigress Talk. A podcast for fierce and passionate women. My name is Tatiana. And my name is Claire. Hey ladies. Hello. Oh my goodness, we haven't spoken in so long. Like, in a tigress talk sense, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the hell has been up? I know, right? I've been away for, like, seven weeks in India and the UK, just traveling and such. And then I've come back and just, like, gone straight back head over heels into work, I guess. Head over heels. <laughs> and place I'm in love with love. my job. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm so in love with my work. And yeah, just like crazy life taking over, not making time for this amazing venture that we're on. So now we're back. We're ready to go. But you have awesome life news as well. Far more exciting than my travel news. I don't know. (laughs) So I have a new job. Woo! Yes, I no longer work with Claire, which is quite distressing. So sad. But I am working as a management consultant in a firm that is 80 per, no 90% woman and Woo-hoo. probably 85 to 90% Maori as well so it's a sharp U-turn on what <laughs> where I was working previously. Absolutely so um, yeah now we're going to have like two like super cra- contrasting perspectives to bring when we're talking about like life in the workplace as a woman um, yeah, so yeah. that'll be really, really good. Like this will give dynamic. us a lot of good insights. Yeah, good dynamic. Um, so that's really, it's been just crazy busy. I've been working in this new job for four weeks now and I just don't know how that time has gone so quickly. Um, yeah. I guess update, I competed in the powerlifting competition that oh, yeah. I've been talking oh, about all year. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I did really, really well, um, and very. I got the goals I wanted to get. So, I'm, yeah, that's it's been hectic, crazy. But I've been hearing you. People have been texting me, <laughs> wondering whether I'm okay because I haven't heard a tigress talk. So, uh, everyone, we're still alive, and and we're back. doing like our second episode on gender roles and this time we're going to sort of look at a more household application I guess you'd say. So what are your stereotypical thoughts about gender roles in the home Tatiana? Well it's pretty obvious right? The woman does all the cleaning and the housework and the cooking and the childcare and the man does the maintenance and outside work. And that's like a very traditional viewpoint. Like the man brings home the bacon, Mm. does all the manly jobs in the house, and the woman does everything else. Even as we have progressed and there's been more women entering the workforce, I think the distribution has remained quite... Super lopsided. (laughs) Yeah. And so where do you think this comes from? Like why do you think it's still that way? I think... We are fed a lot of bullshit about what women are men and men are biologically 
like good at doing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you hear it all the time. Like, oh, um, women are just better at nurturing. They're and I definitely call bullshit on that. Yeah, like I love the example that you always use about oh, women are better at cooking, and then you're always just like, what the fuck? Like there are no like top women chefs in the entire world. Like who do we think of when we think of top chefs in the world? Gordon Ramsay, Jamie Oliver. Like I, yeah. I can't even think of one female right now. Yeah. Um, apologies, female chefs and cooks for my but limited that's... knowledge. And I think a lot of it is about like emulating the roles we've seen our parents doing as well in the home. Um, and, you know, and the media influences it a lot as well. But a lot of it is just how your parents have, like, shaped and moulded you as a human being. When you're younger, like I remember as a child, like, my little brother could go out and do stuff on the farm with dad and that was real cool. But if I wanted to do something outside, he'd be like, oh, we'll just check with your mum because she might have some inside stuff for you to do. And I'm just like, what the hell? I don't want to do inside bullshit. I want to go out and feed a dog or <laughs> throw some wood on a trailer. Like, am I not big and strong enough for you? Like, <laughs> so I like, I think my perception of it is definitely like, hugely influenced by my parents and my upbringing and it has kind of like translated into like what I think of all that unpaid labor hours so my mum was like a career woman um and <clears throat> she didn't she was never really a stay, stay at home mum so she like often when we could afford it had a cleaner but you know she still came home after a long day and cooked meals and that kind of thing but my dad would also like step up to the mark in a lot of regards with the cooking but on the weekends she'd spend all weekend cleaning or doing like laundry and all of that kind of thing but because she was like had a cleaner or didn't do everything to like a super high standard like she was just sort of like oh yeah slap and ready meals kind of thing I think that's translated into me like I'm not very domesticated at all like I have not grown up in an environment where I feel like I should be the best cook or the best cleaner and so my perception of it is so different because I'm just like Ugh, stuff this I hate cleaning and I have a cleaner just because I absolutely hate it and I can't think of why I would want to come home at the end of the day to do like two hours cleaning to keep on top of all my household chores yeah so I mean that's quite interesting I've, I've heard you talk about um your mum before so my my mum was a stay-at-home mum. Um, dad earned a lot, a lot of money, and mum had four kids under the age of like six or something. So Jeepers, she eh? <laughs> Wonder Woman. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how she survived. So her job was to clean the house and keep the home. So she was also a product of her her mother and father her father was super strict so everything had to be like bleached within an inch of its life so that's that's what i saw growing up and um you haven't had that sort of mum stay at home do everything model but still you're sort of molded by your dad saying no 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 you stay inside you need to help your mum yeah. No, no, no matter what, we're still taught those roles. Me and my sister definitely picked up in terms of the chores. And whenever we cooked a meal, you'd hear, oh, you're going to make someone a very happy husband one day. Did you, <laughs> did you used to get that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's just quite, <laughs> like, it's just inescapable. And, and we just sort of default into these roles. So 
I think there's just a lot of stuff that goes like unacknowledged, which is the biggest mm. thing. Like even if the guy like cooked a couple of times during the week, it's kind of like, well, I planned what all our meals are going to like. And this is especially like relevant to my life just because it's so crazy. And I'm only h- home for like a couple of hours at night just because of the days I do with commuting and that kind of thing. So like, you know, you sort of have to plan ahead and you plan all your meals and you do all the grocery shopping and you're like, okay, get this out of the freezer. And even if they do cook a meal, they want like all this gratitude for that. (laughs) It's kind of like, what the hell? Like I planned and organized all of this. I ensured you had all the, knew what recipe you were cooking, had all the ingredients in the fridge and cupboard. It's just kind of like, and you just threw it together. Like, what the hell? I'm not thanking you for that. Like, Good job for picking up your half of the load. Like, <laughs> so yeah, it's, um, it's, it's quite funny because I know I even do it. I'll, you know, you heap praise on 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 a guy if he does step up, as yeah. if as if he is this amazing person. And I'm like, I also try and refrain from that because again, it's devaluing it if a woman does it and putting more value on it if a guy does it. Oh my god, and that just brings up so many thoughts in terms of the number of roles that as soon as it becomes like a woman-dominated industry, like the value and the pay and all of that kind of thing decreases. Like nurses and teachers, you know, like all those sort of nurturing male, female-dominated occupations are always considered as less work than, you know, the finance industry where it's a traditionally male-dominated environment. And it's same, like, it translates exactly the same into the home, you know? Like, it seems like such a big thing to go and chop down some wood for the fire and do the lawns, and everyone really appreciates that the lawns are mowed. But, like, it's like, no one notices that you've cleaned the bathroom this week, and, (laughs) man, your shower was shiny. Like, I've never, ever heard anyone, like, compliment someone else in the shower. Do you know what I mean? But lawns are one of those things that someone comes over and it's just like, oh, yeah, nice nice job with your lawns mate like if a woman likes doing housework and that's her thing cool but it should be reflected in value instead of just an expectation that oh you're good at nurturing so you you sort of want to do this so we won't pay you as much and I think that comes yeah. through in like um caring for older people you know nursing teaching all that sort of stuff and you know when we sort of talk about those nurturing roles, like most pe- most often the expectation is that those nurturing roles are in the household as, you know, like the maintainer of the house and like rearing the children and all that. I'm oh, sorry. I'm talking about children as though they're like calves. You rear your children. Um, <laughs> Someone lives on the farm. You can see that I live in a dairy farm, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. But, yeah, um, when you sort of like talk about it like that, you know, it is all unpaid labour hours that women are doing the lion's share of. Mm. Um, it's like a $6 billion industry or something like that. I was reading like a history of, um, I guess it was labour in New Zealand. And back in the late 1800s, um, this council of women wanted, oh, they wanted to be paid for yeah for labour in the house. Wives wanted to be paid for domestic work, suggesting that they be given an equal share in a husband's income by law. Yeah, so that seems reasonable, right? Because yeah. having having money is, is power. One of the politicians said the most disgusting, degrading thing 
that we could do is pay women for something that they love doing or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. uh, so, yeah. And they wanted, and they didn't want women to feel like they were being degraded to their level yeah. of a paid housekeeper kind of thing. That's right. Um, <laughs> and it, <laughs> which is just, it, it's just funny because, you know, like in that day and age, you know, women weren't, a lot of the women just weren't allowed to go and be employed. Um, and, you know, when the husband is bringing home the money, it's like they have control over everything. Mm. Um, and, you know, money was power in that day and age. Um, and it still, and it still is. is to an <laughs> extent, yeah, in this day and age as well. Um, so that's, like, quite an interesting excerpt of history. And to see that we haven't actually progressed all that much. Mm. I guess the key of it, is that women in every employment status do more unpaid work than their equivalent employed male uh, counterparts. Even though we're more aware of these gendered roles in the household, we still the expectation is still there that the women do the lion's share of that work. So it's just like acknowledging that that does happen and having the discussion with your partner or with your flatting situations as well. If you're still at university or if you house share, you know, the girls in the flat often become the mother hen and they clean up after their flatmates, which just, it makes me laugh so much because there are so many living situations in which it is all males. And so they have to do the cleaning themselves. They have to do the cooking themselves and it gets done. Like, and some of those are super efficient, but it's just when there is a female around, you know, they feel, I think like they can drop the ball, I guess. I'm definitely guilty of this as well. It's just like defaulting to those roles and I still do it. Like I'm such a bad feminist and it's so hard because you have to be so vigilant. Yeah, you've got to think about all that extra time and emotional labour that I believe prevents you from doing stuff that you actually want to do. Like if you're into cleaning and that you find that like therapeutic and that's what you like doing, cool. Not trying to be like you should like women should just give up cleaning but um yeah no like if you yeah lot and I know lots of ladies out there that actually really enjoy cleaning um just because it is therapeutic and they want to judge a certain way and that's cool like definitely no harm done there like you know we're not giving you shit about that but it's just like a reflection of where we're sitting and all those unpaid labor hours that you're yeah. doing um, just, like as long as people are aware of that and because it is so easy just to fall into it like I yeah I'm a hardcore feminist I'm so so aware of this and yet I'll still so I think there just needs to be a bit more awareness like this value that you place on women and their work it has far-reaching consequences and you know I feel like we we can be perceived as being naggy and whiny but um, if you see the bigger picture, like this yeah, is reflected exactly. in in our professions and um and 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 it contributes to the the pay gap is this value placed on women's work. So I think that's where we're getting to, right? Like women sh- should be valued, and they just really have not been. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and one of the key things that I think, like, it bring, comes back to me every time when I discuss this is about women, women's leisure time. Like, 
So mm. often when, you know, like, and just that downtime, which we all need. So we're not stressed and so we're not anxious. But when you're doing a full-time career and then also coming home and doing the washing and the cooking and the cleaning and all that emotional labor that we're talking about, you know, that leisure time is far less defined, I guess, is the mm. thing. You know, women are sort of more sporadic and they just find an opportunity to read a magazine and put their feet up and have a cup of tea, you know? Whereas men are more inclined, I guess, when I think about the men in my life, to just block out time and being like, oh, babe, I'm just going to play golf for four hours on Sunday. Like, <laughs> you saw the shopping for the week and everything else. Um, and, it, and it's such a difficult one because the leisure time that we do take for ourselves is often seen as selfish. like Especially if you have children. Well, okay, so, and this, like, leads us into childbearing, right? So, men, if they're looking after their children, are considered babysitters. And it's like, no, this this is your child. This is half yours. Yeah. <laughs> you hear about guys feeling a bit left out if they're, like, stay at home because the rest of them, it's like a mummy group, right? So, it can feel like quite an alienating place, but then I'm like, well... You know, we've we've worked in a male-dominated industry. Like, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's quite funny, like, seeing that role reversal. And there was a really good article that I flicked through to you this week. Um, Amy Poehler was talking about how a man felt uncomfortable in a certain situation. She's just like, whoa, like, hold up. Women have been feeling this exact way for, like, years. Like, so glad you finally get the picture. Mm. Um, That it's all not happy and dandy. And, like, what a laugh that men are, like, now experiencing this too in certain industries. It's it's just like, come on, like, wake up. You must have seen this for women for the last 10, 15, 20 years in so many industries. It's just about awareness, I think. And we just need to be constantly asking ourselves and reflecting and working with our partners to make sure that we understand what the expectations are. And even compromise. And even, like, ladies, sit down and don't do anything. It's really hard to do, but just... (laughs) (laughs) I love... Juliana and I were talking this week, um, and she was telling me how she was getting up early, but she wasn't starting work for, like, another couple of hours, and I was kind of like, what are you doing in that time? And she was like, oh, yeah, mainly cleaning. And I was just like, what the hell are you getting up? (laughs) Oh, I know. The, the The battle is constant. The battle is it's such like a constant. tricky one. So, yeah. um, okay, so my partner went over, um, went on a fishing trip with his friends um, a few weekends ago. So they do this every year. It's like a guy's trip. But as they're getting older and they're getting serious girlfriends, ladies have been starting to come on this trip. I didn't go because I'm like, just like I need time with ladies just to get that emotional recharge. Um, he yeah. needs his guy time. So I'm like, cool, no, you, you go. And so... Um, when he got back, he like went to tell me how it was, but knew how I'd react, and, and kind of didn't <laughs> want to. And he was like, "Cause, cause I asked, like, oh, how was it with the ladies there?" And he said, "Oh, they just cooked and cleaned for us the whole weekend." <gasps> and I was like, "Oh my god, just." And I find it like in the workplace if you have a meeting and then you just clean up it's like an automatic response 
It is, absolutely. Like something's left out and you're just like... So it, it's just automatic that you clean up and and don't... It's not because you're a woman and that's what you're good at. That is absolute bullshit. It's You're just hardwired. It's not like a biological thing. So I, no. I really... I, really want our guy listeners and our lady listeners to like expect more from your guys I I just really challenge listeners to think about all the time they spend doing things like um, grocery shopping because you have to think what do we have what do we need what meals are going to we are we going to have this week and how so how much of each ingredient are we going to need and this is all time (laughs) This is all <laughs> mental space and time that you're spending or like planning what what washing is going to go in the washing machine overnight so it could be hung out tomorrow. Like this is all time and mental space that is overwhelmingly being done by women and it shouldn't. Hey, how's that for a rant? (laughs) That was so good. I love it. Oh my goodness. What's it? Like, hashtag vigilance. We're just going to be a bit more vigilant. And it's so good. I I definitely know ladies who are are like, no, and just refuse to do that work and their partner does it. And um, I'm like, you know, power to you. You found that, you know, there are definitely circumstances where that happens, but... um, I, I just know people use that as an excuse against what we're saying and I'm just like yeah. still overwhelmingly more um, the women do it so we need to just yeah. change up the game I'm so what is our feminist funny this week oh Claire you're in for a good one okay I'm excited <laughs> Okay, are you ready? What do you call a blonde woman who flies a plane? Um, I don't know. What? A pilot is sexist prick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just laughed so hard into the microphone. Apologies, everyone. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, the blonde, like, really threw me and yeah, very sexist off me. Oh, my blog here does not help with any joke situation. I'm so slow. Um, and I definitely get that. I definitely get that. My dad calls me his brown blonde daughter. <laughs> I know. Both it's, of so so like, it's so offensive. It is. It is so offensive. Um, but people just use it as an excuse for everything. Um, well, and I, I use it I as an excuse it, all the time. I put it to all the extra mental and physical labor that I do that's unpaid. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Like, how do I have time to think about logical things when I've got, like, all these other things to think mm. about, like, mm, what it. I need to mm. buy from the supermarket? Mm. Duh. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, I, think... I still have my groceries to do, and I'm just like, oh, uh... save me. Um, um, Claire, what has been your theme inspo? Oh my god, I have such a goodie, and this fem inspo comes from my partner, which is even better. Like hallelujah, I'm making a breakthrough. So last behind night every we were man, out. Oh, behind every woke man is a very tired feminist. <laughs> oh hell yeah, I am exhausted <laughs> with this guy. I'm um, so, <laughs> so last night we we're out for dinner. Um, 
at like my in-laws, I guess you would call them. Um, and the Super Rugby is on and my partner turns to me and he's just like, babe, did you know that it's the first female match official in Super Rugby history tonight for this game? And so I got home and I Googled it and this lady named Amy Perrett, who was 25, smashing it, top job. Um, so she was a touch judge last night at the Super Rugby game. I think it was the Rebels versus... It was an Australian game. Rebels versus Stormers in Melbourne. Um, and she's this young Australian woman. And this is like a major breakthrough. There's only one other female referee to, in the world that has officiated at such a level of the game. And this is only Super Rugby. This isn't even like an international clash kind of thing. Like, it just blows my mind that we don't even have female referees mm. on the field, number one. Mm. And she's a touch judge. But this is so incredible. Like, major breakthrough for the Australian Rugby Union. Um, and I'm hoping that we see more women in these areas. Like, in traditionally male-dominated sports, mm. you know, like, it is okay. Like, she referees at an international level for female um, game, so it's actually really exciting that she is now taking control in a male-dominated area, um, which is really cool. And I, in the article, like she makes a couple of comments about, you know, it's become fairly normal for me now that I only referees women's rugby, um, and so so she's fairly used to it. And I sort of just want to bit like shake her and just like you push, like you can actually do this. Um, yeah, and, you know, because she does a lot of, like, the behind-the-scenes work and sits on a lot of boards, which are, you know, cross-functional, cross, cross functional, I guess the word is, like, cross-gendered, like, both male and female referees. So it's actually cool that she can be, you know, on the front line, I guess, um, rather than, like, up in a box, like, doing replays and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I thought that was really exciting and such, like, an advance for women in that particular sport. So... Good job, Amy Perrett, making major strides for females. And I hope she said her goal was to inspire another young girl to follow in her footsteps. So good on you. I love that shine theory. Um, and you're doing an amazing job. Yeah, cool. But all I could think of is it's 2016. Are we really? I know, oh right. I know, right. I anyway, know, right. Anyway, but no, you know, you, you can only, like, that's we're always talking about, like, shine theory and role models is you sort of can only aspire to what you can see, I guess. That, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely. quite reductive. But, um, yeah, I, I really hope more women... Because, I mean, if you can ref a women's game, you can ref a men's game, like... And I <laughs> it's bet, exactly the and same I bet, rules, y'all. <laughs> I bet the men referees get paid a hell of a lot more than the women's ones. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So, um, cool. Awesome. Yeah, super cool. And so what's your feminist though for the weekend? My feminspo are two ladies, sisters, yay, sisters. Um, yeah. Their names are Casey and Karina Bird, and they won MasterChef last year or the year before. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah, so the only thing I really knew, because I didn't watch the show, the only thing I knew about them was that they were from Makitu. Makitu. Um, yeah, I just... For those listeners who don't know where Makatu is, I just want to give a geography lesson right now because yeah. I love when I know where a place is. <laughs> so it's kind of like south of Tipuki, which is the kiwi fruit capital of New Zealand. So it's on the east coast in the Bay of Plenty. It's super beautiful, and it's where they sell Makatu pies, which is super oh, delish. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. FYI, and geography the, lesson. I hope that helped. Shop. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, so good. Um, so... I went to a youth summit um, 
this week and they were guest speakers and they talked about um, going on MasterChef and, you know, I've always been interested about these shows because the contestants, you know, the way they edit it, they always seem to know what they're going to cook, like, straight away. And I'm like, How? Yeah. Well, well, wait, what? <laughs> you haven't even googled a recipe (laughs) um anyway so they found out that they were going to be in MasterChef so they spent two months just studying hard they had flashcards they had big posters of each animal they were with like the cuts of meat and they had three um recipes for each cut and they had um flashcards about Italian cooking and what the main herbs were and you know they're just like Oh, it sounds like they were so methodical with their preparation, which just makes me so happy. And then they said yeah. that the MasterChef house um, was quite a party house, and they said, oh, we just tried to stay away from that because we were there, you know, till win. So they always went to bed early, always got up early, kept tabs on the judges through, like, social media so that they could, you know, potentially guess what they are going to do in challenges. And, oh, these ladies, my God, they're so onto it, just so smart and re- and like obviously they won and so part of their prize was they won a um a cookbook deal right and then they mm. found out that as part of the deal to get their cookbook published they only get 17% of the profits i guess i think it was 17% and they Ugh, were like, speed. they were like, uh, no, nah, we're not giving you, and you know, like a lot of their cooking is through their family, like traditional ways of, of cooking and like kai moana, and they're like, we're not, we're not just giving you this for 17%. That's, that, no, nah, we just can't do it. Ridiculous. And yeah. so they had to like fight to get out of this deal that they won, <laughs> which I just find <laughs> so freaking hilarious. Um, yeah. And the the people, the producers were like, uh, like, you're you're gonna take this, like, the, how dare you think that this is not good enough for you? Anyway, so they got out of it and they just they self published their book. I had no idea any of this happened, um, and they won world's best reality TV cookbook in China not long ago, and. Yeah, I'm just amazed by these women and they just had such a like sense of self and sense of confidence that I'm guessing they got from their family and this is so inspirational. I'm like if you got if you ladies can do this like we can do anything. It's yeah, it was very very cool. And just them fighting the stereotypes of being Maori as well. It was really 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 cool. Oh, that's so, so, so good. I'm so inspired by them. I'm just like, ah, I just want to, like, do something. I want to not accept 17%, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it just shows, like, how much hard work and perseverance, like, goes into those kind of things that we sort of just <sighs> see on the TV and just sort of expect that they're just kind of winging their way through. And we don't see all that background preparation. So and it's not that they want to show us that work. either. Yeah. Um, so and I guess work. it's different for all kinds of people that go on that show. Like some people probably do just go on there and wing it. But, you know, to get that far, um, to win, to you know, obviously successful. a lot of preparation yeah. has gone in yeah. there. Um, and unacknowledged preparation. Like I can't believe that they don't show us that. Um, mm. 
And I think that's kind of driving the wrong behaviours as well. Like, we don't want people to just think that you can wing your way through life. Like, hard work and, like, preparation is so important. And it's so empowering to, like, have two females leading the way in that industry as well. Um, And I wish we knew more about that book deal. Like, I wish that that came to the forefront a bit more and that could have been, like, an open dialogue for a lot of other people who have potentially been in that situation. Mm. Um, So, yeah, that's really, really interesting and Mm. so cool. And so cool to have a summit with them. Oh, my goodness. They would have been such good speakers. They're just so, so poised and, like, beautiful. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't remember which one. Like, Casey, I think. She was wearing a white shirt with this white cape. And I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but I just absolutely adored what she was wearing. (laughs) So good. So, so good. Oh, oh my goodness, it's been so yes. good to be back Claire, on back. the airways. Yeah, yeah. Claire, we're back. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we look forward to... Oh, can people send us stuff? Send us your ideas, send us your feedback. We'd really like to hear from you. Um, where can they find Absolutely. us, Claire? Um... <laughs> All over the interwebs. I'm so bad at stuff like this. I'm like totally the most useless social media user on the planet. However, we do have a Facebook page. We do have a Twitter page if anyone Twitters. Um, And we do have... Do we have an Instagram? I feel like we have an Instagram. Okay, we... Just kidding, we don't have an Instagram. But we do have a website, tigerstalk.com, which is the bee's knees made by Matt Browning. Yeah, Shout out, Matt. So Hi, I haven't seen him in ages, but I you do. are the best. Um, and, yeah, you can also, like, find our episodes on either SoundCloud or on iTunes. So, yeah, give us a rating. Tell us what you think. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. So this has been another episode of Tiger Talk. Cause I put it.